Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. Good morning, church. Good to see you all. If you're with us online, we're glad you're joining us as well. Uh, so the right response, what's the right response to good news? What would you say? A woo, yeah, a woo is, is a good response to uh, good news, right? Uh, to praise. I would say it's, it's praise. <clears throat> and you all know what I'm talking about. It's that thing that wells up within you when touchdown... Cowboys, that's right. Amen. <laughs> we got a traitor in our midst to you all, a uh, loyal uh, person to me. <laughs> it's that thing that wells up within you, right? When, when, when you asked her to marry you and she said yes. When, when he finally asked you to marry him and you said yes. When that baby was born, it's that thing that wells up in, within you. When, you. when that offer on your house is accepted. Uh, on, when, when you get that raise or that promotion you've been working hard for. Good news. It's fun to get. It's fun to receive it. And we have a natural response to it. We celebrate. But, but you and I both know that, that life, this world, is not just filled with those happy moments, those reasons to celebrate. It's also filled with difficult moments, uh, hard moments. And, and, and you, you know what I'm talking about. It's that thing that wells up within you when, when, when the Colts, they do it again. They lose again. And by the way, I wrote this message on Thursday, so... I'm sorry about last night. Like, my condolences are with you, okay? First service was seemed to be more bothered by it um, than this service. So, okay. Um, but, but it's that thing that wells up within you when, when you asked her to marry you and she said no. When, when he never did ask you to marry him. Or when the baby didn't make it. Or when you're getting evicted. Or when you got passed over for the promotion or for the raise. Um, Those are moments of deep sadness and deep grief. And you and I, we all all know this, that that life is full of ups and downs. No matter how long you've been alive, you know that life is full of ups and downs, full of happy moments and sad moments. And the question for all of us that we all have to wrestle with and, and really answer for ourselves is, what is it that anchors you through it all? Because if we know that life is full of happy moments and yes, like reason to celebrate and, and, and moments of sadness and reasons to just sometimes lose hope and, and sometimes those moments are really close together. Like we're happy and then we're sad. And, and so like what is it that anchors you in your life? That, that no matter what you go through, you, you know that it's going to be okay. No matter what you deal with, you know that that it's going to be all right. It's, it's the thing we call joy in Advent. The advent of joy. The arrival of joy. And today, um, I'm, I'm going to like seek to answer the question, is it possible to have joy no matter the circumstance? Like, I know it's a reason for the, like, it's a, it's the season that we're supposed to be cheerful and happy and we're going to be, you know, with our family and with our friends and every moment it's going to be like one of those Hallmark movies where it always works out and it's so wonderful and precious. And then we realize, well, it's <laughs> the reason it's a movie. So we, we need those stories to always work out because life doesn't always work out that way. 
So is it possible to have joy no matter the circumstances? I'm going to say yes, and I want to show you why in Scripture. So if you have your Bible, um, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to look at what may be, for some of you, a familiar account um, of the moment right after Jesus was born, and um, we're going to see something happen significant. So Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to be, starting in verse 8. This is what Luke says and records about what happened that evening. In the same region as where Jesus was born, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a, the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Now, okay, so like, let's just, it's helpful if we put ourselves in the shoes of the shepherds. Uh, you just imagine, it's a dark night, it's clear skies, you're out in the country, right? You're just hanging out with your sheep. You're doing the, the job that not a lot of people want to do. It's stinky, smelly, like you get home, it takes a while to get the, 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 the smell out, and it just doesn't really last, because then you're back to it. Um, you're, you're just having a, a regular day, a regular evening, out and about with your sheep. And, and you know, we, we don't know what it was like for these shepherds in this moment. We don't know what they were wrestling with leading up to this, because these were just regular people like you and me. Uh, you know, obviously they live in a different culture and live in a different time, so they had different, you know, maybe concerns. But we don't know what was hard for them in that moment. We don't know maybe what they had been praying about that week. We don't know what they were struggling with. We don't know what they were stressing about. We don't know what they were happy about or what they were looking, for, looking forward to. We don't, we don't know, but we can just imagine like they were regular people like us with regular concerns and regular hopes and dreams and, and just, you know, just desires for satisfaction and for God to move. And, and so, like, you, you look back and, and you, like, question, like, okay, this is a regular day. And then things, everything changed. Everything changed. Like, you just imagine the, the, the angel shows up and, and they were terrified because of it. Y'all, okay, angels, like, actual angels are not toddlers with wings. No, and, and some of us, I know, like, that is frightening. Toddlers with wings? Like, think about it. The terrible twos with wings? No, man, like I'm going to run as far away as I can, right? But they are way more terrifying than that. Uh, they, 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 every time in Scripture that they are appearing before a, a, a group of people or a person, uh, they are freaked out, terrified. And the angel looks at them and says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of me. Don't be afraid of what you're experiencing. Question. Now, I know that none of you have an angel standing before you, because I ain't, I ain't one of them, okay? But, but some of us, we've got some stuff standing before us that would cause us to be fearful. What are you afraid of? What are you, what, what's, what's stressing you out? What, what is something that's in front of you that seems insurmountable, that, that seems to be overwhelming, that seems to be something you can't handle? What, what is it that is causing some fear to well up within you? And I would say the angel would say to you the same thing he's saying to these shepherds. Don't be afraid. Not just because he isn't coming to harm you, but because of what he's going to tell them. 
And the same thing that he's going to tell these shepherds is the same thing he's going to tell us. And, it, and it's this, that, that he came to proclaim to them good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. Uh, in the Greek, it's like mega joy. Like this is, this is next level stuff. This is not news that just changes your day. This is not news that just changes um, your life individually. This is news that changes your whole family tree, that changes the whole cosmos, that changes the whole universe, that changes uh, every single person you see in proximity to you and the people you can't see and never met. It changes everything for everyone. This good news of great joy that this angel is about to tell them about Jesus. The good news of great joy. It's, it's news that changes everything. Uh, recently, Sarah and I, uh, I watched a, a film with her for her schooling. Um, and it was about like the early points of the story of Microsoft and Apple computers. And that whole deal. And how like the origin story and all that. And uh, in one of the particular scenes, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak and the Apple computers crew were in, I think, like Steve's mom's garage, Right? Um, and they were working on the first Apple computer, uh, trying to get their, their prototype so that they could go and sell it. And, you know, they're busy working, you know, they, they're just them and their friends working on this computer. And, and all of a sudden, an investor shows up to the scene and walks up to them and says, hey, I, I've, I've heard about what you guys are doing. And, you know, Steve Jobs is kind of like doing what he's doing. It's kind of like, okay, cool, yeah. And, and the investor says, I'd like to invest. It was like three or four hundred thousand dollars for for a group of group of kids that are in a garage trying to make a computer, um, and they you know I would like to invest three or four hundred thousand dollars in your company. They're like a company. That's funny. Um, that changed everything, right? That changed everything. Now that they had funds and resources, they could go and do what they were setting out to do. That changed everything for them. That was good news of great joy, but that good news was not anywhere close to the good news that this angel is telling these shepherds and this angel is telling you and I. Not even close, not even, doesn't even compare, uh, but it gives an idea of like this is life-changing news that does not just change your now, it changes your future, and that future goes beyond death, and it changes that too. It changes... Everything. And this, this angel goes on and he says this. Um, this is good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you who is Messiah the Lord. Jesus came for all the people. All the people. Every, every tribe, tongue, and nation. All the people you know. All the people you don't know. All the people who look like you. All the people who don't look like you. He came for all the people. And this is such good news because it, it was yet revealed to these shepherds who were the lowliest of the lowliest of the society of that day. And, and, and this angel decided to tell them first. That there is no hierarchy in the way that God sees you. He loves all people. This is good news for all the people. A Savior was born for you. So Christmas is, is, is yes, it's a hopeful time. It's simultaneously a hopeful time and because of its reason, because we remember that Jesus came to rescue us, y'all. God, uh, the, the Son, the second member of the Trinity, left heavenly glory to come down to, to dwell with us, to put on flesh, to dwell among us. And, and y'all, he didn't have to do that. 
As we talked about last week, he didn't have to do that, and yet he chose to do that because, because he loves you and I, and, and he came to, to dwell with us, but, but it was to rescue us, yes, but at the same time, Christmas is, is an indictment on every single one of us. An indictment that we are people who need a savior. That, that we are people without hope apart from him. That, that left to ourselves, we've got no hope. Left to ourselves, we are enemies of God. And so this good news of great joy that is for all the people, a savior has been born in the city of David, the, the Messiah, the Lord. That is good news for all of us because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I don't care how good you are. Like, you know, you can look at yourself in the mirror and be like, looking good. It don't matter. God knows you look good. Because he created you. But, But you and I have sinned against the holy God. And because he loves you so very much, and because he is holy and just, that sin will be punished. And so God, in his kindness, decided to come down for you, for your sake, to rescue you, to take on the penalty of your own sin on his own, so that you can be freed. That, that is what this good news of great joy is, that, that in the city of David, a Savior was born for you. And so the question is like, okay, who needs to be saved? Who needs to be saved? Um, all the people. All the people need to be saved. No matter what they've done or haven't done, no matter what they, where they're from, no matter what they look like, no matter how they think, no matter their track record, no matter their income level, no matter their employment status, no matter the neighborhood they reside in, all the people need to be saved. All the people need to be saved. And I'm curious for all of us, I have a little crowd participation in here. Um, we got to get the blood flowing, the, the muscles moving. Don't worry, I'm not going to have you run. Um, how many of you are included in the phrase, all the people? Yeah, yeah. All the people, all the people, all of us are all the people and, and more. And so the, this is good news of great joy that is for all the people. And, and even, well, this, is, this is so huge because it is good news of great joy. Joy is, is really pivotal, not just for the reason, uh, our response to what God has done. Um, joy is, is that joyful response and what God has made available to us that we could have joy no matter the circumstance because of uh, some we're going to talk about in a minute. But joy is also the reason why Jesus did what he did. Joy was the anchor in Jesus' life. And he invites you to have that same anchor. This is what uh, we read. Let, let's pause in this moment of the angel and the shepherds and the scene of the evening. And as they are um, being terrified and then being reassured, let's, let's pause there. Let's fast forward into uh, what the book of Hebrews says. And the Hebrew writer gives us an idea of what God has done in Jesus, what Jesus has done, and the reason why he did it. Kind of coming from, from the, okay, this is the end. He's already risen at this point, And he's ascended to the right hand of the throne of the Father. So let, let's look at C to try and have an understanding of what Jesus did and why it's so significant and what we do in response. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have uh, such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, this is the Hebrew writer was talking about all the people who have come before us who are faithful and that why we can be faithful as well, the, the book of Hebrews is all about um, the Hebrew writer encouraging the Jews to continue to follow Jesus and not go back to Judaism. 
to not go back to the law, but to follow Jesus. And so he's, he's encouraging them, since we're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source or the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that lay before him. Um, what is the joy that laid before Jesus? See, Jesus came and, and he didn't have to come. He left heavenly glory. Y'all, he put on flesh to dwell among us. That is something so significant that all of us would probably take for granted because we are all in this. But he didn't, he, he left glory and power and authority in heaven on the throne room and, and put on flesh. Y'all, he became a baby. Y'all know how babies are. They're cute and cuddly and messy. Right? God the Son put on flesh, became a baby, and needed someone to wipe his butt. How humbling is that? As the creator of the universe. Uh, he, he, had to, he had to sleep. He had to eat. He had to take naps. He cried. He loved he dealt with pain. He dealt with sorrow. He put on all of the weaknesses that we deal with as human beings in this frail world. And, and why did he do that? Because he didn't just do that, but he went to the cross uh, for us. Why? For the joy that lay before him. What was the joy that lay before him? What was the joy that was set before him? The joy that was set before Jesus is the joy of your salvation. That's why. That's why he came. The joy that was uh, laid before him was the fact that if he went through the suffering, he would know that he would be able to free us from our sins, free us from everything that, that holds us in bondage, sin and death, and be able to rescue us and free us and allow us to live with him forever. The joy that lay before him was the joy of your salvation. You were the joy that lay before him. Like, that's the only reason he came. He sacrificed himself for you. The joy that lay before him was the result of his work. And the result of his work is for all of us who surrender to Jesus, we get to be with him forever. We get to experience new life in him. And death will have no more power over us because he defeated death. So, so the joy that lay before him was the joy and is the joy of your salvation. See, the anchor for Jesus in the world of full of happiness and sadness, the anchor for Jesus in the midst of it was joy. Was joy. For the joy that lay before him, he, he stuck to it. The joy of your salvation. I believe he's encouraging us to have our anchor be the joy that is in him. The joy that he has accomplished for us. And, and what, is, what else does it say in verse 2? This is so significant. He endured the cross, despising the shame. He endured the cross, despising the shame. Endured the cross, despising the shame. Endurance. It's a good word. Um, every, every year when I play uh, hockey again, 
I am reminded that there is a, a in shape and there is an hockey shape. And those two aren't the same. Um, especially when you're not even here and you try to get here. Uh, it takes a minute. As my wife gives me a big smile. She's, yeah, always encouraged me to work out, you know. So, like, in hockey, if you're not familiar with hockey, you know, you, you go out, if you're, if you're a skater and not the goalie, um, you, you go out and you give it 110%. You go, you go 100, 100 miles an hour, um, and, and you do that for as long as you can, then you gotta get off the ice. You call it line change, right? And so you gotta, you gotta do everything you can, give it, a, give it your all, and then get off. You work yourself to exhaustion, then rest. Exhaustion, rest. Exhaustion, rest. That's how hockey players do it. That's how the game is played. And even in my most, in, like, in my best shape of my life, this was back in sophomore year, going into sophomore year of high school, I decided to train with the cross country team. Any cross country teamers in here? I had some in first service. Yeah, okay. Okay, all right. So, cross country, right? Like, you, you just go run. That's, that's, that's what it is, right? You run across. Some country. Not the country. Like, that's impressive, right? You're not, not Forrest Gump, but, like, I didn't do that. Um, but, you know, you start running. And so, like, I was running, uh, like, 10 miles a day at 6 a.m. It's terrible. Terrible. But what that resulted in is the best shape of my life. So when it gets to hockey season, um, I was able to play a lot longer than I normally would have if I wasn't in that kind of shape. But even then, even though I was in the best shape of my life, I had to get off the ice and do a line change. I had to let other people play so I could get some rest. So, so I had to get off. I didn't have the endurance to do that. And why do I bring that up? I bring that up because I want to show you that Jesus endured the cross. And this is so significant because here's the thing. Uh, Jesus stayed on the cross and, and he is not like us. Like if, if you and I, we, we were, you know put on a cross and nailed to it with our body, none of us would have the ability to get down. We just couldn't, right? We just, we were there, okay? Put us there. That's where we're going to be until we die, unless somebody takes us down. But, but like we had, we had, we would have no choice to like endure the cross just because that is what we're dealing with. Here's the thing. You and I are not like Jesus. Jesus went to the cross and, and he he allowed them to put him on that cross. And here's the thing that's so significant. Jesus could have, at any moment in time, gotten off. He could have called a legion of angels coming down and, and had him uh, taken off of that cross. He would have everyone smited and, and dealt with. And he, didn't ha- he did not have to stay on the cross. Here's the thing. It's one thing when you endure something because you have to. It's another thing when you endure something because you chose to. That's different, y'all. That's different. Jesus endured the cross, not because he had to, but because he chose to. He could have gotten down at any point in time. And aren't we so glad that he didn't? Aren't we so glad that he stayed there to sacrifice himself for our sake? For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. See, there, in scripture, it's crazy. Like, there's this connection between joy and, and suffering. And the church said, oh, yeah, oh, no, like, right? There's this connection between joy and suffering. Jesus knew that through the suffering, he would be able to bring joy. But it wasn't until he went through the suffering that that joy was brought. James, the half-brother of Jesus, kind of picks up on this theme. He says, consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you endure various trials. For the testing of your faith produces character. Character produces hope. That's Brandon's paraphrased version. 
There's this connection between joy and suffering in Scripture because it's oftentimes in the midst of the suffering that we, that we see the true joy that is there. Jesus went through the suffering to bring us the joy of our salvation. And, and so he changed everything for us. And then what did he do? He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Y'all, Jesus is in charge. He ain't no baby anymore. He, he is in charge. He's on the throne. And, and so like whatever you are going through right now, He's got the power to deal with it. Whatever you're struggling with, he's got the power to overcome it. Whatever, whatever you're worried about, he's got the power to extinguish it. Whatever you're fearing, it's not going to be bigger than him. He, he, he is on the throne and you can go to him and he invites you to come. So, all right, let's, all right, we'll pause there. We'll rewind. And we're going to go back to that moment with the angel and the shepherds, okay? Let's, let's see what else happens. In verse 13, says this. Uh, suddenly, 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 there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God. Think about this, y'all. Okay, think about this. You're an angel. You're, 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 you're not an angel. You're a shepherd. It's a regular day. And, then, and it was not a regular day at that point. And you got the stars in the sky. You got the moon but then suddenly a multitude of the heavenly hosts, a bunch of other angels, appear in the sky. Like an arena full. Only the arena is the world. And you see nothing but angels. And they start singing. Glory to God in the highest heaven. Glory! Like, I ain't going to sing it. Glory to God in the highest heaven. And peace on earth to people he favors. Yo, they, they, the right response to good news is what? praise. It's a woo, right? It's a woo. And they started wooing in word and sang out in praise that what Jesus is doing, what God is accomplishing by sending Jesus, the incarnation is changing everything. And so we see, you know, like I, we got reason to celebrate y'all. I know you know how to celebrate. I I know y'all know how to celebrate. It's when that touchdown Colts, Y'all, okay, hold on. I, I grew up in the Peyton Manning era in Colts country. So I don't feel bad for y'all. Okay? I don't. I don't. Like, I, I have a little bit of, you know, bless you right now. Just hold on. It'll be fine. Y'all be okay. Okay? But y'all know what it's like because y'all had plenty of years to be celebrating. Woo! Right? You, I know you know what to, how to celebrate. It's when, it's when she said yes to when you asked her to marry you or when he finally asked you and you said yes. I know you know how to celebrate. When that baby comes, I know you know how to celebrate. When you got that raise or when that offer was accepted on that house or you got the promotion. I know you know how to praise. I know you know how to celebrate. So the question is, are you celebrating? Here's the reason. You've got a reason to celebrate. Y'all, in moments of life, we are filled with Moments of happiness that last for a moment, right? We always want the moments of happiness to last longer, right? They always leave us wanting more. And on the other hand, we got moments of sadness that oftentimes seem to last longer than we'd like. But there are moments of happiness and moments of sadness. And sometimes those moments are close together. But the thing is, happiness and sadness, they last for moments because they're based on moments. There's a difference, though. You can have joy because of what Jesus has accomplished because that good news doesn't run out. It doesn't run out after a week. 
It doesn't run out after a morning. It doesn't run out after a year. It doesn't run out after, after the, you just heard it and you're on to the next thing. It doesn't run out because that is good news forever. So, so you can have joy forever through whatever it is that you go through because of this. Joy isn't a mere feeling. It's a person. And his name is Jesus. So, so joy is something you can access today forever. It is through Jesus that you get it. And so let, let's look and see what the rest of this story has. Luke chapter 2, verse 15 and moving on. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem. Let's go straight there and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. So note takers, this is your moment. I got three things to do in response of this good news of great joy. Three things to do in response to this good news of great joy. All from the text. See, what did the, what did the shepherds do? The shepherds fixed their eyes on Jesus. Let's go straight to Bethlehem. They heard, they heard the news. They heard the angels. They heard the praise. They said, let's go straight to Bethlehem. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Go straight to Bethlehem. Whatever it is you got going on, just stop it. Leave it over here for a minute. Go straight to Bethlehem. Every day, fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, the author and perfecter of our faith. Number one, fix your eyes on Jesus. Number two, the the, the shepherds, they shared the good news with others. They reported the message. They were told about this child and everyone was amazed. They reported the message. So share the good news with others. They praise God. Hold on. They share the good news with us. In a moment, here in a little bit, after we're done here in this room, you're going to have an opportunity. I hope you'll participate because we've got plenty more to do over there in that fellowship hall. We're going to be delivering Christmas meals to this community. Families in need. Families who are expectant. They signed up for it. And, and, and in this, we have an opportunity to share the good news with others. Indeed. And you'll have an opportunity, I believe, to write it on a card and share some words where you can share the good news with others where you can show these people who are in need who might not have a nice Christmas meal otherwise that God loves them and that we love them and that they are cared for, that they are loved. So this is an opportunity, a tangible opportunity to share the good news with others. So I hope and pray that you'll participate in the Christmas meal this year, um, which is today. All right, so third thing, they praised God. They returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard. All the things. So praise God. Praise God. Have those moments. I know those are moments, like, right? There's, there's moments in our life where we're full of sadness, sometimes happiness. And, and if you have joy in your heart because of Jesus, then, then you praise him anyway. You praise him because the joy you've got is not dependent on a moment. That, that is here now and gone forever. It's dependent on a moment on that cross and in that resurrection that has changed eternity. 
for you and for me. So praise God. As, as Buddy the Elf said, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear. Right? Yes, I did just work in a Buddy the Elf quote. Amen. So let me ask you, church, is Jesus anchoring your life? Or is he your joy or, or are your eyes fixed and focused on something else? Is he your anchor? Because there's going to be happy moments. There's going to be sad moments. And, and some of you may, might feel like, oh, man, it's been good. Up and to the right. Happy moments all day. All day. Some of you, though, there's, there's been a string of sad moments. And, and maybe you're losing hope. Are you ready to get off the roller coaster and find your joy in him? Yes, you're going to go through happy moments and sad moments. But if you've got joy in Jesus, you know it's all going to be fine in the end. You know it's all going to, he's working it all out. The, the scriptures say that, that he, he is working out all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. He's working it out. Like you might be struggling, but he's still working. You might, be, you might be sad, but he's still working. You, you might be questioning, but he's still working. He's there with you, for you, and you can run to him at any moment and find forgiveness and to find hope and to find joy. So is Jesus anchoring your life? I hope and pray that he is. If he's not, then let's talk. Let's talk. Because he's inviting you to come to him. All you who are weary and heavy burden, and he promises you, he says, you can take it to the bank. I will give you rest. So fix your eyes on Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for being just that. Lord, you are king. You are good and faithful. And that God, we, we, uh, we, we've, we live in a world that you entered in. Um, and uh, it's a world that is full of struggles and, and, and smiles and Sometimes those are kind of in the same, same moments that we're fighting for joy. We're, we're fighting to, to keep hope. God, we need you to, to just show us, to remind us of what you have done. God, please give us joy that, that goes beyond our circumstances. Give us, give us that, that, that assurance that you are with us, that you are going before us, and that you're never going to leave us or forsake us. God, for some of us who are, who are struggling, God, I pray that you would enter into that struggle and uh, as time goes on, you would give us the, the, the bigger picture of the story that, that is being written. That, that we feel the, the struggle, the tension, just like any other story, but we know that you're working out something good in the end. Please help us to see it. Help us to, to hope in you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Uh, please use us today as we go out and share the good news of others or good news of you with others with the Christmas meal. Empower us to, to make a difference today. We love you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.